Knicks family, welcome back to the God of Knicks podcast. I'm your host, Apollo Reed, and I'm here after the first game of the in-season tournament for our Knicks. Uh, let me fix my camera real quick. Uh, a little bit better that way. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so we lose. Big whoop. Want to fight about it? Anyway, you know, the Bucks did what they were supposed to do. Uh, as I said on the last show, I said that this is a close game. We're going to lose it because Damian Lillard is not going to allow that to happen. And that's precisely what happened. 12 points. I mean, he really didn't do much in the first three quarters, but he had 12 points in the fourth quarter. And he did game time stuff. Am I surprised? No, I'm not surprised because this, this that's what that's what they got him for. They got a closer now. You know, um, that was their problem before. They didn't really have anyone they could just throw the ball to and close. They just had to play good basketball each and every play. Now they got somebody they could just throw the ball to and just, you do your thing. And uh, that's what Dame Lillard did for them tonight. So, uh, you know, as a team, <sighs> of course, as usual, the running theme for this team this year has been what? shooting our free throws and making our free throws so tonight we actually did that you know what i mean we actually you know 19 to 25 in the free throw line um as a team now you don't want to miss six free throws every game um especially when four of them is from one player um especially at the timing that you miss them um you know uh we're not gonna sit here and blame everything on one person but um it's it's hard to watch this game and just not notice some things you know what i mean um but like i said the blame can't go on one person as a unit you know i I think this team does struggle without rj because it's just someone else when they are not on the floor you know, that, that can still put some points on the board. You know what I mean? They don't have to really struggle. But shout out to the Knicks for actually, uh, you know, staying in the game and actually taking the lead and, you know, making this a game. Um, but like I said last show, I said, if this is a game, if this ends up being a close game, it's not going to end up a win for us unfortunately you know what i mean and i'm not jinxing this i just knew it was gonna happen you know what i mean it's just it's dame lillard it's he's he's just too good he's just he knows how to get all he has to do is be able to get and he did it all the time it's just that you know they weren't always in position to win games you know what i mean but this is you know now you got him with a team with the honest and guys is playing defense and with, with, with like uh um Brooke Lopez, guys like Bo Champ hitting threes off the bench. Uh, uh, Jay Crowder hitting threes. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, just it's annoying sometimes <laughs> to see all these other people just go crazy and just carry, you know, and that's just basically what Dame had. They just carried him the whole game. He didn't really have to do much in the fourth quarter. It was like, all right, it's your time. And that's exactly what he did. Um, but... He did get, you know, somewhat, in a way, outplayed by my man, Jalen Brunson. 
Now, you know, Dame did have his 30-point game. He had 30 points, four rebounds, four assists. Cool. You know what I mean? But Jalen Brunson ended up dropping 45 points, five rebounds, four assists. You know what I mean? So, it's, you know, the sad part about it is he didn't really look like he wanted to do it up until a certain point. In, like, the third quarter, he was like, all right. I don't really have it out there in terms of help now. You know, Grimes was getting his thing going. Shout out to Grimes. Uh, he got 11 shots tonight, you know what I mean, and knocked down six of them. And this is what you want from Grimes. You want Grimes to be able to be – and this is it. Like, you don't need him to do more than what he did tonight. Right? At least tonight, you got to see what he can be when he's someone who's just part of the offense. He doesn't have to be a focal point. He's part of the offense in terms of scoring, you know what I mean? You got in the ball, 10 threes he put up. He only took one other shot. Took 11 shots. 10 of them were threes. So, you know what I mean? And, and he was 50% from the, from the three-point line. I've took taken 10. You know what I mean? So, um, that's good. That's good, if you ask me. Um, he's above 50. He's 50 and above. And you're taking a high volume of, you know, of threes. You, you know, that's, that's good, if you ask me. Uh, four rebounds and two assists from Grimes. Uh, he ended up with 17 points. But, you know, my thing sometimes is, is you know, how, why can't this be consistent? Why can't why, why can't this be every game? You know what I mean? Let's talk about some of these numbers here. You know, um, Josh Hart, uh, 10 rebounds. Of course, he's going to give you the 10 rebounds, uh, five five assists, three steals. Um, you know what I mean? Just just giving you the, you know, the, the, that's what he does. He does the dirty work. Two for two from the free from the free throw line. He was two and nine from the field, though. You know, you wish you can get him uh, to to stock some shots down. He did. I think the only shots he made were two fast break uh, layups. Um, you want to get him to be able to knock some shots down, just shots. You know, what I mean, he's some, a lot of them. Some of them he takes that are open. He can knock them down a little bit. A lot of them he takes. He he ends up contested because he hesitates a little bit. You know, I don't think he has the faith in the shot there. He was 0 for 4 from the three, free, from the three-point line. So, I can see why you would be a little bit hesitant. You know what I mean? And that's, you know, that's kind of what the issue has been with Josh in terms of his shooting. But, you know, I mean, that's not what you're here for, Josh. You know what I mean? At least, I mean, <laughs> it's not what you're here for, but we would like for you to hit <laughs> a three or two. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna take four, but regardless, like I said, the ten rebounds and five assists and three steals, one block, like you can't you can't beat that man. You know what I mean? And that's it's it's just a bargain deal for that kind of player too. You, you, it's invaluable. Um, Julius Randle. Let's just get it out the way. Let's just get it out the way. You know. Um, let's talk about you. Uh. Shout out to the chat. What's going on, Mac? What's going on, my guy? Uh, man, let's get into it. Julius Randle, what is going on with you, my guy? I, you know, I don't. I don't know how to approach it. So now we've already been having these discussions of Julius. He hasn't been playing well. And, you know. Cool. Honestly, I didn't think he was going to play amazing after coming back from that kind of surgery anyway. Uh, excuse me. Um, 
I didn't think he was going to be, you know, just back to his old self uh, after that surgery anyway. But this is a struggle, man. This is really, really, really a struggle to watch. It's hard to watch because it's this. It's giving me flashbacks of the playoffs when Jalen Brunson is just like, damn it, just give me the ball. You know what I mean? Like, just give me the ball. And like you still bringing you twelve rebounds, five assists, two steals. That's, that's not that's not our problem. That's not what everybody's upset about. It's the shot selection. You know what I mean? And 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 that's that's really it. Like we don't care that you miss shots. It's you put yourself in the worst possible position sometimes. Like. Jalen for one for one play, it was, a, it was a two on three, a three on two. Julius is trailing Brunson. I think somebody else is there. It might have been Grimes on the other side. I don't know. It was three on two. Julius is trailing Brunson. There's two guys in front of them. Last second, Brunson dishes it off to Julius. He's at the basket. He head fakes. There's the the post and then does a fadeaway and misses it. And I'm like, there's no way that's all you thought was possible that play. I mean, you know, and I'm not here to test. He's probably a way smarter basketball player than I am. But regardless, like that play in that time is the kind of issue now cool let's and it's not that he doesn't know how to pass the ball he can get five assists you know he had the most assists he, he and josh hart they both had more assists than jalen brunson they both had five five assists but that's that's not you know that's not the issue that we're having right now it's this it's the shot selection it's not that you're just missing shots. It's the shot selection. And something has been off. I don't know what it is. Something's off. I, I really don't understand what is going on. It's just... I can't. I can't. I, I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. Uh, shout out to the chat, man. I know, you know, I've been I've been ranting for a little bit. Uh, Kareem said, Josh is great at attacking the rim. Just do that and leave the threes to Brunson and Grimes. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's and the thing is, is that he gets good looks. He just hesitates a lot, and it's like, yo, don't don't hesitate, bro. Like, come on, and salute, salute, salute. Of course, of course, of course. Um, what's going on, Izzy? What's going on, my bro? Peace and abundance. Peace and abundance. Uh, Kareem says, uh, Randall will get it together. No need to panic just yet. I'm not panicking. It's just you, you, you gotta it's the my my problem has always been with julius is not i'm not worried about his offense and his shooting i am worried about the defense and the effort that i see on plays where he doesn't get to the guy when he could just make a little bit more effort for his teammates you know what i mean like more than anything for his teammates you know what i mean that's just that's sometimes those, that's what i'm looking for 
salute to the chat. Salute to the chat. My man, my man, Nixon Nice, what's going on? Two and four. Two and four. Phil, 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 salute to the chat. Salute to Phil, who is also in the building. Let me bring you up. What's going on? What's going on, man? Phil. What up? What up? Philip V. Nick's Morning Brew. How you doing, my guy? Honestly, <laughs> after, after watching that, like, you want an honest answer? Um, bro, it, it's, I, 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 it's an unfortunate situation, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nick's a nice, my guy. Um, it's an unfortunate situation because we only lost by what we lost by. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a pretty game by no. any means of the word. And my unfortunate thing is there's a sect of Nick's Twitter and, and Nick's fandom that will see a game like this and ignore all the painful, grueling, disgusting things we saw tonight. And they will get on a soapbox of at least we only lost by this much to who should be the second best team in the East. And we only lost by this to Dame and Giannis. That is not the point. Like, the point Uh is that it took a 40 freaking plus point game from Jalen Brunson for us to even be in this scenario. So we can't act like Jalen Brunson averages 43 points a game in the season. Like, that's ridiculous. You know, he's a 24 to 28 point a game, you know, score typically. So mm-hmm. those extra 20 plus points that he had to put up tonight for us to even have a standing chance. Mm-hmm. And that's really what our Knicks are right now. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. so people are going to act like there was nothing wrong because the score wasn't that off, you know, off putting, but mm-hmm. you have to look at the facts. Like it was ugly. It, it took ugly. a miracle from Jalen Brunson and in those situations, what sucks is I posted a tweet about him putting, you know, the team on his back. And then immediately after, he does two stupid forced layup attempts on like two or three defenders. So when you get a player like that who is so ISO focused mm-hmm. and feels like he's his only option, right. he's no longer making wise decisions. You right. know, he's just going for it, no matter if it's a good shot or not. And right. I don't understand. And then you have to also look at the fact that like the person he looks for in the last few minutes when we're down by three and then more is Julius Randall. Like after a game like tonight, that's the last person I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Like last person I'm dishing to, because if a shot has to be made, I'm looking for the other guys. Right. So for me, this was kind of a very ugly kind of massacre situation you know where you have to look at it you have to look at randall's performance and go what the hell like yeah yeah season how many times are we gonna say well it's just game one it's just game two it's just game three like how many how many just games does he get you know before we actually have to see something so for me it was nasty it was nasty work, you know, from Julius Randle. It was nasty work for some of the decisions that Tibbs made down the line, even early in the game, calling that freaking challenge when everybody yeah. knew that I heart freaking knocked him in the head like it was no big deal. 35 seconds left in the quarter, in the half. 
doesn't make any sense. Like, what are you doing? It could go down to the wire. So it didn't make any sense to me at all, man. It was it was kind of nasty work, in my opinion. Man, and 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 that's the thing when you know going back to the Julius situation, it's not it's not just that, you know, um, like you said, it's not just oh, it's just one game. It was just early in the season. He'll get it together, and that's like, like everybody struggles to start the season off. Like we get it. It's it's the effort in the shot selection that's bothering me. You know what I mean? It's not just all right, he's missing shots. It's why are you taking these shots? A lot of the five of 20 shots that he took were not good. You know what I mean? They weren't good shots. The the last two possessions that we had where he just took it himself and said, you know what? Now is my time. You did not have it going all game long. Jalen's already got it going. He said he already took the keys and he's already going. He's already high. He's already rolling. Who cares if they know that he's going to get the ball? He's hot. Get him the ball. There's nothing to talk about. Two plays back to back. Why do we need to tell you that that should happen? You know what I mean? I. To me, it's just like, all right. We're not going to blame the whole game on Julius because, first of all, we did come back due to who? Of course, Jalen Brunson. But we did come back into that game. Julius had a small piece of it. Like I said, other than the shots, he did bring you 12 rebounds, five assists. Okay, cool. But it's the shot selection and the timing of the shot selection that will always, it would never sit with me. It would never sit right with me. You know what I mean? Especially at the time where you see Jalen Brunson has it going right now. You know what it reminded me of? <laughs> and I actually pulled up a clip for it. It reminded me of when, uh, you know, the episode of Fresh Prince where Carlton takes the last shot. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> if you don't remember, this is what I'm talking about. Oh, my God. Like why? Like you, yo, you. He was already rolling, bro. Just let him rock. Give him the ball. He's he already had. He kept you guys in the game. You owe it to him at this point. You know what I mean? And first off, shout out to you for that clip and that comparison. (laughs) Like if you don't cut that and put it on Twitter tonight, like I'm firing you for friendship. But (laughs) like, here's the thing, bro. The crazy thing is, it showed everybody two things okay first it showed a lack of understanding of how to actually play the game like when you look at it you've had the worst field goal percentage and there's a stat from Nick's views that he is number three out of top five worst ever in the first starting games field goal percentage in NBA history number three So you're coming in as the third worst shooter in NBA history after five games, and you are going to continue to force shots. Like, there were things that he did that looked good. You Mm -hmm. know, like, 
He, he didn't give up on certain plays when it came to like big bodying Giannis in the paint. Right. Salute to that. Cool. Mm-hmm. But when you know your shooting is trash and you start to shoot and see, oh, yep, still trash. Like, <laughs> you don't continue to force it, especially when your team is down. You right. always ride the hot hand. If mm-hmm. we lose because the hot hand got cold, that's different. Yeah. But the fact that we're giving the ball to the cold hand, and I blame Jalen Brunson on this too, because yeah. Jalen gave it to him, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's an issue. Yeah. So it showed a lot, a lack of basketball knowledge from Julius Randle. Like it right. showed a lot of going back to his head down, going to force it no matter what. And it also showed the difference between a bona fide star and someone who has star moments throughout right. a season. Yes. Like yeah. Dame started off completely slow, mm-hmm. but Dame knows how to be able to turn it on, especially when a game is on the line. And mm-hmm. he's earned that right to be able to do that. Right. Julius Randle has never proven to be a closer mm-hmm. ever. Like, if you look at some of our biggest closer moments as a Nick franchise since he's been there, they're Julius Randles or IQs. Yeah. They're not Julius Randles. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're RJ Barrett's or uh, IQs. Or IQ, yeah. They're not Julius Randles or Jalen Brunson. You know, yeah. it, so the fact that Julius Randle would go, all right, here we go. I'm shooting 24%. Now's my time to win us the game. Back to back plays. That's just crazy to me. And the fact it's that Tibbs allows that. Yeah. It's crazy to me. Like, yeah. crazy. That's the thing. And and, and uh, like Nixon, Nixon Knight said in the chat, he said, uh, Tips has no control. And that's, you know, that's to me, it's 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 like you said, it's a lack of, of understanding on a coaching standpoint and a, on a basketball standpoint. Now, Jalen Brunson, I understand. All right. I've had the ball for this many plays. I do want to feel get Julius to feel like he's included. Because psychologically, when you're on the basketball court and you know there's someone else who's struggling, you want them to feel included. But you also have to have a level of understanding of like, I right, not right now, my G. You know what I'm saying? I got this. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to get you included, but just chill out. You know what I mean? I got this right now. Um, and, and that's kind of what, you know, and if you even look at it, Right on the other side of the court is the same kind of dynamic. You got it. You have the guy who's a big man who's made his name in the franchise already. You have another uh, point guard who comes in, scoring point guard. Um, and what did Giannis do? I, saw, I watched an interview that he had with, uh, that they both had with, who was it? Was it Ahmad Rashad? Um, I forgot who it was. They had an interview with someone and it was basically how, you know, they, they were just talking about the chemistry that they were building as they started. And, you know, Giannis immediately was like, listen, this is your team. Yep. Like Giannis is saying this, the guy who won the championship there. And that's a level of humility that gives Dame the okay to feel like, all right, I know like if I do take that extra shot that he's not going to be mad at me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he understands, like, you know what I'm saying? It's a level of trust you give him on day one. Now, if this was the Bucks in this situation, do you think do you think Dane gives Giannis the ball? No, I, I don't think I don't think so. I think 
Dame understands that Giannis understands that understanding, everyone understanding that, listen, this is my time. You know what I mean? As he, <laughs> this is Dame time. Yeah. And Giannis is cool. Make that play. You're going to get the ball. And you see countless times tonight, 12 points he scored in the fourth quarter. Yeah. 12 points Dame scored in the fourth. And that's crazy that you bring up that point because you have a guy who not only has won an NBA title, mm -hmm. but he's also been an MVP of the season and the MVP of the finals. Right. And yet he's able to say, all right, I'm going to pass this off. Mm -hmm. Like I'm giving you my spot. You're coming into my domain mm -hmm. and I can acknowledge that you are a closer more exactly. so than I am. Dame exactly. time has proven time and time again, regardless of no ring, regardless of no MVP ever. Yeah. Like I know that when it comes to closing games, Dame can pull it off. That's and it. the fact that those two guys in such a short period of time mm -hmm. can trust each other and be so humble to do that mm -hmm. is huge. Because yeah. in moments like tonight, I do not see Julius Randle being okay with us getting the W and Jalen Brunson getting that sole credit. All the all the he praise for it. to show up in those clutch moments when he's never shown up in clutch moments. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, nope, I'd rather be the guy than dish it off to who was brought in to be the guy. Exactly. So regardless of what he says about their relationship and this, that, and whatever, I do not believe he is willing to humble himself and allow this to be Jalen Brunson's team. No. And that's why the Knicks will not progress past what we were last season mm -hmm. until a move is made. That's and this it. is not Julius slander. It's Julius like truth of mm -hmm. how he fits into this team. Like yeah. it's JB's team. Josh that's Hart it. is here because it's JB's team. Dante Dizenzo yeah. is here because it's JB's, JB's team. Yeah. Brian, mm -hmm. I can't Arch say yeah. <laughs> because it's JB's team. He'll never see an NBA minute this season unless we're up by like 30 plus points. Mm -hmm. Yet he is on our squad. Why? Because yeah. it's JB's team. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows it except for Julius Randle. And that's <laughs> a huge problem because Tibbs, the one person Tibbs will not hold accountable is Julius Randle. Yes. So it, it, it's a cluster. Like it's a freaking time bomb watching those kind of situations because we could have maybe pulled away with that W. Like mm -hmm. we maybe could have. And yes, there's still some dysfunction where the Bucks are still figuring out the pieces. But right. you would think with continuity being the term that we were given for why right. we were going to be successful, you would think that while a team is in dysfunction trying to figure it out, that mm -hmm. our continuity would have been our strength. Yet we right. did not see that at all. Exactly. And that's, and that, you know, just to pile on even more, like you can't, you can't say that continuity is, is, you know, what you're looking for. And then you don't, I don't see any development in chemistry. You know what I'm saying? Like it's been the same, just like last year. It's the same vibe. It's the same offense. It's the same everything. You know what I mean? I haven't seen a difference yet. Uh, this is the first game that I'm actually proud that they got Grimes involved. Like, whoa, first, thank God. Like, you got you got Grimes some shots. You know what I mean? And, you know, this should be, and that to me is a, a, a structure of your offense. You know what I mean? That's just, it's, 
that's a difference. You know, there's no way you got you have a guy like Quentin Grimes on your roster, and he's taking four shots a game. He's a, he's starting. He's not just on your roster. He's in your first five, and that to me just shows like what what are we doing here? This yeah. guy has been working out with JJ Redick over the summer. Not to say that just anything, but clearly that means he's a shooter. Why is he only taking four shots in an offense that needs shooting? You know what I mean? So it, 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 here's, here's a key point that you bring up. We need shooting. We're down. And yet Tibbs does not have our shooters in that game. So if you look, our shooters, especially from three, mm-hmm. were Quentin Grimes, Jalen Brunson, and Emmanuel Quickly. Okay? Mm-hmm. You have Josh Hart out there shooting 22% from the field goal and 0 for 4 from three. I understand he's a defender, but so is Emmanuel Quickly. So in those minutes, it should have been Emmanuel Quickly and Grimes that were out there with Jalen Brunson. So Jalen Brunson now has two shooters that could maybe catch and shoot and get us back into this game with seconds left on the clock. Right. But instead, you give it to Julius Randle because you know that Josh Hart could not freaking hit anything at mm-hmm. all, not even a two in that game. So why would you give him the ball in that kind of situation? You right. wouldn't. So you limit Jalen Brunson's options when the freaking game is on the line, and that is just a poor freaking coaching job. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely I mean, poor. Personally, I don't care how small the lineup is. You need to have – there's no way quickly and Grimes shouldn't be on the floor with you, especially if RJ's not playing. Yeah. Like RJ's already not here. And he's someone who takes a lot of threes, even if he doesn't make them. This year he's actually been making them. Yeah. I'll give him that. But historically, he's not the shooter, but he's gonna at least take those shots. Yeah. Josh doesn't want to take the threes that he's taking. That's the difference about Josh taking the threes. He doesn't want to take them. So automatically he's not going to make a lot of the shots he takes sorry about that he's not going to make a lot of the shots he takes because he's not in the position or wanting to make these these shots anyway he wants to get someone else involved but you know my thing is is okay cool if why is josh hart there you know what i mean i know if you want him here you want him here to be able to be that glue guy okay cool that's his role and you need shooting why do you have him out there with a lineup that needs shooting it just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like, you're acting like Quentin Grimes doesn't play defense. There was a play, I mean, uh, I think it was to end the second quarter or the third quarter, where he plays straight up D on Dame, and Dame doesn't even get the shot off. You know what I mean? He tries to get the three. He couldn't. Straight up D. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. You can't have – you. You. how can you have a guy who can play defense and stop Dame in a buzzer beater situation, straight up, no foul, and can go on the other side and knock, knock down a three and put the ball on the floor and get to the basket. And you're not utilizing that. It just doesn't make sense when you have, I don't know. It's just. And that's the thing listen. is he's a glue and hustle guy. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that. Yeah. But what we needed in those last minute and a half was not glue or hustle. Right. Like that's not what was going to get us back into that game. No. And we can't act like Emmanuel quickly is not a frustrating defender. Yes. Like, he brings the defense that we need, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's not like a fall-off 
Like, yes, there's a little bit of height fall off, but we weren't worried about that. Yeah. We were worried about Dane in those mm -hmm. minutes. Mm -hmm. And so we still had Grimes on him. Yeah. Josh Hart wasn't really contributing anything in the last minute and a half of the game, except standing there because Jalen Brunson would not give him the ball because the game was on the line. And he knows that Josh Hart is not a clutch shooter. Thank so you. you're going to put all your star power when it comes to shooting out there. Friggin' A. Put Bonnie mm -hmm. in for that last minute and a half. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> anybody who could shoot, you not put Josh. in. Because yeah. you're losing the game no matter what if you don't have shooters out there. Yeah. Jalen Brunson can only do so much. And when they realized that there were no shooters out there except for Grimes, they guarded Grimes, they guarded Jalen Brunson, and Jalen Brunson had no other options. Mm -hmm. Give it to Julius Randle. That's fine. He's shooting 22%, 25% from the game. If he hits the three, then it was a miracle and we deserve to lose that game. You right. know, so... It doesn't make any sense to me at all what Tibbs did in that last minute. And I'm hoping situations like this open people's eyes, especially the front office. Like, yeah, you have like, to, man. man. You have to, man. It's, you know, how many games is it? Are, are we going to continue to say, all right, they're going to develop the chemistry? Like, they've played a whole year together, they didn't make any major changes. There shouldn't be a lapse in chemistry and figuring it out. That was the reason why we didn't go get anyone else that was going to impact the nine-man freaking rotation that we have. It's so we can keep that continuity. And why do we still have the same issues that we're having last year? Yeah. What 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 have we really been working on? Like, where is the schematic difference of last year compared to this year? That's all I'm looking at. You know what I mean? Because there's too many times this season where I'm watching Brunson carry the offense himself. Maybe out of a timeout, there's a play call. Maybe out of an inbound, there's a play call. But while that ball is live, there's like maybe one or two plays. Everything else is an ISO. Everything is an ISO. And there's no way you think that we're going to get, first of all, even Julius Randle. You're putting Julius Randle in situations where he's taking shots where he's not consistent. He's, he's shooting 27% from the, percent from the field before tonight's game. And he didn't make it any better, but you're shooting 27% from the field. And then you got him out there taking threes. It's like, dude, like, I there's just too many bad things happening at once. Um, the front office needs to make a move in multiple ways. Uh, I think, I don't know how this can work, but I don't see Jalen Brunson being okay with I don't like saying it because I don't know this for anything. I just don't see Jalen Brunson being okay with Julius Randle being that guy he has to rely on every night because I don't think he feels like he can rely on him every night. I don't, yeah. I don't see it. And he can't, you know, and to your point, you come into the game shooting 27%, yet you still force things up. His actual percentage has now gone down because he shot 25% today. So he's mm -hmm. no longer even a 27% on you know the season so far and it's one of those things where how many times can you cover someone's mistakes and bear that burden you know i said it in the off season i said it the first episode of this season before we started in mm -hmm. my opinion the first two months of this season have to tell the front office one thing 
do we move forward with Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson, or do we move forward with RJ Barrett and Jalen Brunson? Mm -hmm. We can't move forward with all three of them. Which ones do we move forward with? And a game like today, as annoying as it is to watch, is actually like rewarding to me a little bit. Yeah. Because hopefully, hopefully, know this game would have been different with Julius uh, with, with Julius Randle out and RJ Barrett in. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. to me builds the case for we need to build on the Jalen Brunson RJ Barrett future and yeah. not the Julius Randle future. Like yes. there, there's nothing that Julius Randle has done in six games that has made a case for him that he should be the one that they pick and not trade come the trade deadline. There's nothing he has done. Yeah. If you go back to the playoffs, if it wasn't for for, for, uh, Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett, we wouldn't have beat the Cavs. It wasn't wasn't Julius that was... Now, don't get me wrong. He was hobbled by the ankle injury, but that wasn't all. Like you said, it's the same issues. Whether it's health or not, it's it's the shot selection. It's sometimes the efforts on, on defense on the worst times. That you know, and it's the reliability that Jalen has that I can rely on this guy when it gets when when it gets hot. You know, what I mean, when it gets hot in the kitchen, can I rely on you to be right next to me to make sure we get through this fire together? The only person that really showed him that throughout the playoffs was RJ Barrett. There might have been one or two games that Julius Randle showed up last year, and that was through two series, through through the first and the second round. There might have been two good games that Julius Randle gave us. And, you know, and that, like I said, not to pile on just Julius Randle. I just don't think it's a fit. That's that's the main thing. I don't think he's a terrible player. And that's not what I'm saying. It, the, the point that we're, I guess we're trying to prove is that Julius Randle, I mean, Jalen Brunson <clears throat> and R.J. Barrett fit more yeah. than Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Yeah. They don't clog the same space, even when... It's not time for RJ to score. He's still doing other things that contribute to the team winning. You know, that doesn't, he doesn't necessarily feel like he has to have a turn. And the fact that you can run him with the second unit and there's chemistry there as well, it makes it even easier for them to run and flow smoothly without getting in each other's way. Because RJ doesn't always have to feel like he has to get his own shot now because he can get his shot whenever. Like, oh, when you guys are on, when you guys are on the floor, you best believe I'm taking 90% of the shots that are going to be out there. It's going to yeah. be me and quickly. So, you know, I'm not necessarily worried about RJ getting his buckets there, but sometimes I feel like Julius has to prove like, all right, well, I'm still here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of just seamlessly fitting in and just making a system and uh, just a, a conveyor belt that just works. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, just get a system that's going and let's just keep it going, man. Like, I, I just don't see that fit. And, yeah. um, like you said, the first month of the season should be a sign of what's to come. And the front office needs to be paying attention. That's yeah. really that's really awesome. And like you said, it's not hate to Julius Randle. I mm-hmm. think he has a lot of talent, you know, in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Um, you put him, let's say you put him in a Bobby Portis type role, you oh, know, yeah. where he's playing with two dominant players that are not going to let him run the ship. You know, mm-hmm. like there's no option. Like, you're not going to have a front office or a coach that's going to let you come in. But the problem is, is he was there before Jalen Brunson. Mm -hmm. So for him, 
he doesn't want to give up a title that was already right. given to him. Right. As opposed to if he goes to a team where he's given his role from the get-go and a coach would hold him accountable to that role. Mm -hmm. So so I understand some people want to blame the injury and blame this and that, whatever, and that's why he's playing the way he's playing. But certain things would be affected by the ankle injury. Yes. But the way you play the game, that doesn't get affected by an injury. Nope. Like, at all. And so if I'm playing whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm a part of, if I'm even sick, I know that I'm going to be able to do less than when I was fully healthy. Right. So I'm going to find other things that I am able to do because I know my limitations. Like mm -hmm. I know that my body is not functioning the way that it normally does. So right. I'm not going to act like I am at the same level and same caliber as when I'm fully healthy. That's mm -hmm. what a wisdom basketball player would do. Not a selfish, I'm going to still get mine kind of basketball player. And maybe it's not selfish. Maybe it's just lack of self-awareness. Either yes. way, it's an yeah. issue, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I also don't want to look at the injury as an excuse because what we found out was that RJ Barrett has been injured since the first game against the Celtics. Mm -hmm. And yet he still came out. And if you look at his stats, 21 points, 45% shooting in the games that he played. And yep. some of those were injured. So yep. let's stop with the babying and stop with the excuses. Find a better way to contribute to your team. Don't do things that your body can't do if that's really the reason you're playing like trash. That's it. You know, and that, I, you can't say it any better than that, man. You know, um, guys shouldn't really make excuses for, first of all, if a player is not saying the injuries, the reason why they're not playing well, you shouldn't be saying that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I'm giving you the credit. I know you got to work off like getting your bounce. Like, you know, Richard Jefferson was saying it during the game. Sometimes you got to get your bounce back. Sometimes it takes a while to get it all that going. But that's not the problem. It's not the lift. It's not he hasn't had lift. That's not what I'm I'm looking at. Yep. There's something mentally off with how he's playing the game. You know what I mean? And it's it's not just the physical aspect. Like if if he was physically slower, if he was physically not himself, okay, cool. That I can see, but that hasn't been an issue. You know what I mean? Like you said, RJ's been playing out of this world compared to the way he's been playing. And RJ's had clearly a knee injury since the first game. He went for a dunk. So, and he's been in a knee brace ever since then. Yep. So my thing is, is there's, there's selfless plays that you shouldn't have to be explained in your 10th year that you should be making. You know what I mean? And that's, Maybe it's the role. Maybe it's like you said. Maybe he came in and he was supposed to be the guy. So it's hard for him to not be the guy in a situation where he was supposed to be the guy. You know what I mean? So I understand that. Cool. But that doesn't make it any easier. That doesn't change the situation. That's not going to bring you guys any more wins by having that excuse. You got to change now or you got, you can't be mad when the front office makes a move. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, It's just, it's just crazy the difference that this team looks like when rj barrett isn't playing you know and, and it's weird to say as much as it's and you know what actually it's a good thing like you said it's a good thing because if you look at it we wouldn't really be able to see how effective rj is 
without you know if he was there you know take him off you see a few games without him and it's like yeah I kind of do miss him when attacking the basket all the damn time you know what I mean even if he does it sometimes and it's like ah why why are you doing it there but sometimes it creates gravity for everyone else on the floor that allows and opens up plays for other guys because they know all right RJ's gonna drive and you know even though sometimes he is gonna go up for an aggressive layup or a dunk he still does look for the lob to Mitch he still does look for you know the corner pass so it's he's not always making a selfish play yeah um you know but that's the difference that you see now if Julius didn't play and RJ still playing you don't gotta tell RJ to bring it with his energy you don't gotta tell RJ to be ready you don't got to tell RJ to to just do a lot of the little things that we've been wanting Julius to do. It's just the little things. Um, but, you know, like I said, this is not a bash Julius show. But this game told us a lot about the Julius and Jalen Brunson pairing. And what it can't be, because I'm not sure if we, you know, we probably already see what, seen what it can be. It's a second round appearance at best. And I don't think it goes any further if that's just going to be your, you know, your, 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 your two main guys. So um, who knows? Who knows what this front office decides to do? I mean, it might, it's going to be a, whatever they do. It's not going to be something small at this point. They, they waited too long to do a small move. You have to do something major if you're going to do anything. So it's either you stick with what you got, with what you have, or you kind of like, you, you know, take a roll of the dice and you just get rid of whatever you got to get to get an Embiid kind of guy here or whoever is disgruntled at some point and might want to make a move. Um, but that's why you keep your eyes on the Embiid situation, which I know Leon is doing because he used to be his agent. So we, we know that he's looking at what's going on over there. They have a relationship. So I'm sure that there's a mutual thing going on there. And I'm sure everyone knows. I'm sure Philly knows. You know, it's, it's not a secret. Um maybe that's why Julius has been playing the way he's playing. Maybe he just feels like he might be thrown into that. Who knows? We don't know what plays into the psyche of a player um, every year when there's things going on like that, you know, but tonight wasn't a good example of what we needed to see with these two guys together because, you know, everyone's like, yo, trade RJ. All you need is your two best players, which is Julius and Jalen, and we can get this going. Now, do we know that that's going to work now? I don't know. I'd be scared if I trade RJ somewhere and, and he's paired with the right person and all of a sudden he knows how to work with them and then they go far. That would bother me. Yeah. That would bother me more than Julius going somewhere and it working because if Julius went somewhere and it works, I think, cool, that's where you needed to be. Yeah. I'd be happy for Julius because he just doesn't fit here. He's a good player who's talented. He just doesn't fit. Yeah. So, you know, but that's just, that's just me. That's some great points. You know, and, and the thing is, is that it's like, the unfortunate thing is that it's not too late to turn things around. Yeah. But I don't have the trust in the coaching to make the necessary adjustments to mm -hmm. turn it around. You mm -hmm. know, like I just don't see that happening, you know? And so at the end of the day, it's like, what other options do we have? You know, like yeah. what other options do we have? I personally think that Julius Randle would thrive and have the height of his career somewhere else mm -hmm. because he would go in with that understanding of who he's going to be. You put him on a contending team 
and he's that extra X factor to help them win. Mm-hmm. As opposed to a team that's trying to find their footing so they can win, and he's trying to figure out how am I not the guy? I thought I was the guy. I should be the guy. And that wrestling back and forth with his own mind on that situation. And so for me personally, like, I don't want Julius to not succeed. I just don't think he's going to succeed here. And I don't think we are going to succeed with him. Like you look at some of these other teams and I'm like, in a game of seven, I'm not trusting what we're seeing on this court right now. Mm. Like I'm not trusting that in a seven game series. I'm not trusting that in a play-in game, you know? And so I'm hoping that something changes. I don't know what, but something has to change. Like, it has to change. Like, this whole continuity thing, that was fool's gold, you know? Like, it was something that, you know, was given to us to try and make us be content and buy into the fact that, you know, being consistent. Yes, being consistent is good when the product before was something that you knew you could build upon. Right. But that's not what we saw in the playoffs. Like if Julius Randle came through and those three players worked together in that playoff series yes. and we lost because we just lost, even though the, the three of them looked like a well-oiled machine, then yeah, hell yeah, we need to build on continuity. Like those three together are building something great. Right. But that's not what we saw in the playoffs. So continuity on something that was already broken doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't want to be continuous with a broken system. I want to fix the broken system. And then once it's fixed, then I want continuity. So Mm -hmm. so I don't know, man. You don't build on something that doesn't have a good foundation. You know, it just doesn't doesn't make sense to to do that. Um, You don't build on something that, first of all, is right next to running water and <laughs> that the soil can give right under it right under the structure like it it can happen so quick it can happen so quick man and and franchises see it happen all the time and if you wait too long you get caught up in it and unfortunately you just don't you know you don't rebound fast when you're building a team that that, that just doesn't happen right away um, unless you have a bunch of pieces and you can make a trade for a star and, you know, things can c- continue to roll. Not every team has that, uh, the, you know, that ability, yeah. um, especially us, especially because of all the assets we build up, we probably be able to get one thing because that's just the Knicks tax anyway. Um, it's just, you know, and that's the scary part. So while, you know, I mean, a guy, the, you know, and that's the thing now it's like, well, nah, is this value dropping? You know what I mean? Like it's, does you know do we have to give up more now to get rid of him so that's why this is frustrating you kind of want him to play better you do want him to play better because you do want it to be easier for you to make that trade if you do have to make a trade for a star because if julius is playing like ass we're not the only ones that's watching it happen yeah you know what i mean charles barkley is on whatever tnt or whatever he's you know station he's on with these guys talking about you got to start going to the basket and stop shooting like everyone is talking about it now yeah this is not, it's not just the Knicks twitter thing it's not just the you know fan base thing everyone is talking about it yeah and that's the thing is freaking when <laughs> when we were watching today um kendrick perkins in halftime spent his whole time ripping julius randall 
talking about how bad Julius Randle has played, how there's no excuses for all the forced ISO that Julius has done this season when he's playing so bad, and how there's no excuse for the level of play that we've seen out of Julius Randle. Like, you have a guy who was all on board with the Knicks last season, coming out straight out the gate, like on national television, just saying how trash he's been all season. Mm-hmm. Of course, front offices are watching this. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. this to them goes if we did want to trade for Julius, we can get him on the low if this yeah. continues. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. So, who, who's going to go? Everyone's calling him out and saying he's trash. Let me give great assets for this player. Right. It's yeah. Happen. It's not going to happen. And, you know, that's, you know, that's the problem when you have a team that's now nationally you know how many nationally televised games do we have this year like it's just the number spiked up because of what happened last year and how we played so now you're going to be on a stage where everyone sees it everyone's going to see it just like the last time we went to the playoffs and everybody was talking about us and then we started to get into nationally televised games and then we didn't even make the playoffs next year and everyone saw it happen live on national television so when you play well you have to understand that you have to do this every single year. There's no, all right, I can relax. I can let off the gas. You have to do it every single year because now the more you play well, the more people watch, the more people are listening, the more people are tuning in who have never heard of Julius Randle before, who have never heard of RJ Barrett before, who have never heard of whoever, Emmanuel Quickly. And now they're starting to see you guys play. And it's like, oh, so this is what you guys are talking about? Like, this is supposed to be the good like, why is this on nationally televised? You know, why is this a nationally televised game? Like, this is what you're giving me on a nationally televised game, 5 of 20. And, you know, Jalen Brunson goes 45 points and 5 and 4, and then you start taking those shots. Like, people are seeing this. So, hopefully one guy can, uh, you know, I mean, not one guy. These guys, the front office can figure it out. Uh, Xavier. Your shout out to you. Salute, salute, salute. Um, yeah, man. Uh, hopefully you can you can get <laughs> of course my guy comes through. Did y'all lose? He's our resident troll under the uh guard Nick's bridge. Uh he pops his head up every now and then when we lose, only when we lose. Uh so shout out to you, Dante, my guy. <laughs> uh yes, we did lose tonight. We did, but it's cool. It's cool, it's cool. He's a new guy in the stream. No, this is my guest host, my guest, my guest, my guy, Phil of the Knicks Morning Brew crew. Man, uh, what else? What else? What else you got, man? I, I know I don't want to, you know, harp too much on yeah. the Julius Randle thing. The only thing I'll say is the only promising thing that I saw besides obviously Jalen Brunson doing, you know, what he had to do to try to keep us in the game mm-hmm. was when you give Grimes shots where he actually has a chance to take a good shot. Mm -hmm. He gives us production. And that does not happen when there's a Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, Jalen Brunson combination. He was our third scorer on that starting unit. As opposed to when Jalen Brunson, RJ, and Julius are all fighting for their shots, Quentin Grimes does not get opportunities. Right. So you eliminate one of those log jam ball hogs, you know, when it comes to ISO ball and mm-hmm. you get a shooter who actually has an opportunity to get the ball up without two, three seconds left on the clock. 
-hmm. and you see how that helps. Like you see that, you know, it makes a difference. So I don't know who can watch this game and not say, oh, okay, we have a three-point shooter who is not getting enough touches and he went five for 10, shot 50% from three. From like, three. Why would you not want to implement that into your offense more? And I only think that'll happen when one of those is removed from the situation. So yeah. for me, mm -hmm. that said a lot. Like that said a lot to see him go five for 10 because that's great shooting percentage. And even if he was shooting 40 to 45% from three throughout the season, that makes a huge difference in our scoring numbers. Yes, absolutely. And you just got to get in the ball. You know what I mean? He's not someone that needs you to give him 20 seconds to make a shot. He doesn't need to do a breakdown, everybody ISO. You give him 0.5 seconds and that shot is up. Yep. You know what I mean? It's so easy. It's not It's not hard. It's fine open shot. And he's not going to take a dumb shot. You know what I mean? High IQ player. You know what I mean? He's young. He's getting smarter. He's knowing how to make the right play more often than not. How is it going to hurt you? You know what I mean? It's not It's not really going to hurt you at all. Um, you know, uh, Nixon Knight said moves to be made. You got to move Randall and 48, et cetera. You know what I mean? The moves... <laughs> Man, hopefully, if they can move Randall and Fournier, <laughs> whatever team that is, Game they, they really don't like whoever they're trying to give up. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no way we're able to package them both in a trade. Mm -mm. Like, it would have to be a three-team trade. No yeah. one's looking for both of those guys. Yeah. You know, it would have to be Fournier goes to one, mm -hmm. Julius goes to another, and we get a player and maybe some compensation um, maybe a bench player that we, you know, can then release, you know, for, from yeah. the Fournier trade. Something has to happen, but no team is going to take both of those guys. Like, nah. so, nah. but, but yeah, I want to see that, you know, I want to see the, the, when, when Quentin Grimes misses a shot, I don't get super frustrated, mm -hmm. especially in games like this, because most of the times I'm like, all right, yeah, take that. You're five for 10. Yeah. Take that. You know, you're two for six. Yeah, take that, you know, as opposed to certain other players that take a three. And I'm like, what are you doing? So mm -hmm. you look at it. Some people get super frustrated that Grimes misses a shot and da 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 da. Why'd he take that three? Freaking Dame. Dame time shot an air ball three today. Like yep. straight up, pulled up, open shot, air ball. Air you know, ball, so yeah. mm -hmm. what happens, you know, and, and, and no one's going to crucify Dame when he's hitting, you know, 40 to. 45% of those three-pointers. They're going to say keep shooting. Yep. Exactly. You know, <laughs> so anytime we can get a player that shoots 40 to 45% from three, sign me up. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good with, you know, missing shots because I know that other shots are going to hit. Yeah. And you use them. If you're going to get them, then use them. You don't yep. just have them there and you you don't make them a part of your offense. You don't, At this point, you don't know what he could have done up until, you know, up until yeah. this point. Um, that's the story of the Knicks. Yeah, like, we didn't know what Emmanuel quickly could do until you know we finally got Alec Burks and Alfred Payton off the team. You know, mm -hmm. like we do that. Like we don't see what certain players can do until it's a little too late. And, yeah. and something I want to bring up before we start whatever closing down or anything mm -hmm. like that is we mentioned before that Julius might have in his mind that he may be a traded option and not on the team, and that could mess with a player's psyche and whatever. I'm not going to give that excuse either mm -hmm. because Emmanuel quickly 
came in after the Knicks decided not to give him a well-deserved extension, someone who balled out for us last yep. season. Yep. And he has still come in as a professional and has showed up game in and game out this season. Mm-hmm. So there's no excuse for that from a yeah. two-time NBA, mm-hmm. all-star, all-NBA player. Like, mm-hmm. there's no excuse to come and bring 50% to a game or even yep. 70%. Like, if you're not coming and giving your all, just go. Get off the court. Don't Yeah, just don't be. And that's the thing. Like I said, and that goes back to the main point. If the player that the front office views as the guy they want to move forward with doesn't feel like he can trust you in these crucial moments, you already signed your, you know what I mean? You, you signed your life for at, at that point. You know you're going to be included in trades. I, I don't see... If, if you look at Julius, I mean, if you look at RJ and, and, and Brunson, there's chemistry there. They laugh and they joke together there. You know what I mean? They even on the court, you know, they just ha- kind of have. There was another, it was a clip I saw the other night of Jalen and, 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 and Julius kind of having a little back and forth. And, you know, it, it, it didn't end with a, you know, handshake, head nod, I got you thing. It just didn't end the way you kind of would want two guys who, are moving forward and figuring out chemistry to you didn't, it didn't end that way and it made me uncomfortable now do guys get into it all the time absolutely that's not something to trip about but when you know the kinds of guys that these guys are separately and you think about how they really could mesh and then seeing that at that moment it's like i don't know i don't know i don't know you know what i mean because like i said if it was rj in that moment even if there was a disagreement they would have ended it and went like, all right, listen, I got you. Don't worry about it. But yeah. that's not how it ended. It, it ended in where like a Julius kind of walked away and, and Jalen just kind of like walked away and he stood there and you kind of see him. I guess he was just thinking about it. And he just started shaking his head like, and I'm like, that's not a good sign, bro. It's no, not a and, good sign. And the thing is, I'm tired of the excuses, you know, mm-hmm. like you say anything about that situation. And it's the same thing as if you said something about the quickly situation last year. Oh, it's an emotional game. You know, this happens all the time since NBA, you know, started since the league, this, that, and whatever. Yes, you're right. Emotional situations between team members has happened since the start of freaking sports. Yep. However, when it comes to the New York Knicks in the last, however many years, every time there's one of those situations, there's one common denominator Mm -hmm. and that's when it's an issue. So Mm -hmm. like when I have friends that are always, you know, I catch up with them after every two, three months and I'm like, yo, how are things are going? Oh, I quit my job. Why? Oh, because the the boss was a jerk. He didn't like me. He treated me poorly. Okay, cool. Three months later, we reconnect. How's the new job? Oh, I quit. You know, you know, they, they just had it down for me. They never wanted to promote me. Da, 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 da. Okay. Same thing with relationships. Oh, you guys broke up again? Like, you're, you're not with the new girl? No, yeah. no, no. She, she, she didn't understand me. She was always complaining and getting on my last nerve and this, that, whatever. All right. There's a common denominator. And that is you. That's because it. Because every single girl, every single boss, every single team member, every single everything is different. So to say that they are all the same problem when the only thing that's the common denominator in those situations is you, Mm -hmm. well, maybe it's time to look 
on the other side of the coin. Right. Because not every boss is the same, not every relationship is the same, and not every team member is the same. Right. So you can't go from one season saying Jalen Brunson is my level head, like, and then next season do the same thing, you know, altercation wise in your emotions. And it wasn't just the altercation, it's the shrug off, like, don't follow me, you know, kind of thing at the end. Like, mm-hmm. don't be mm-hmm. there. Yeah. You know? And so I- I'm not going to give that crap, you know, like, yeah. excuses are done. Excuses mm-hmm. are done. If it yeah. was a one off and it was a different team member, cool, whatever. But it's every single time he is the one piece that's in that combination. Yep. It's never, you, you don't got to pull RJ off of nobody. You never got to pull away from, from anybody. You don't got to pull Jalen away from anybody. It's usually just Julius. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's, it's unfortunate because even if you're not that kind of person, there's too much evidence proving that you might just be that kind of person. You know what I mean? And it's not just been recent. It's been happening for a while. You know what I mean? And that's, it's, that's the reason why we've, been saying for a long time like maybe it's time to move because this guy just it doesn't seem like Tibbs wants to really just get get give it to him the way he should have a coach just give him shit sometimes you know what I mean like if it was Greg Popovich there's no way he would deal with the shit that Randall, that Randall does there's no way. There's no. There's absolutely no way that a coach like Greg Popovich, who's such a great coach, I and mean, we know the type of talent he is as a coach, you're going to tell me that he's going to let Julius Randle? No, absolutely. You know the kind of coach he is, and he's going to demand the best out of you every single time, whether he does it in front of you or he does it behind. You're going to know that the coach said something to this guy. He's not going to let it go from game to game, even if he doesn't say it in front of him, in front of the cameras or anything like that. You're going to know from game seven to game eight that something was said to this guy and just how the game is going to be played. And the fact that we don't see any difference from game to game sometimes just shows me like, yo, Tibbs, you just you just don't want to rock the boat. Like he gives me that vibe, but he just doesn't want to rock the boat and that kind of coach is not going to hold someone accountable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's not what you want. You know, he's a good coach with, you know, a lot of the things, you know, and I, I don't hate him as a coach, but it bothers me that you don't hold your play. The best coaches hold their players accountable. They just yeah. do. And they don't worry about, is this player going to be mad at me? Because they understand that if this player is mad at me because I told him how the game of basketball should be played, then that's a guy that I don't want on my team. That's it. And he's scared that I feel like he's scared that Randall will be one of those guys. So he just doesn't want to rock the boat. He doesn't want to put himself in a situation where him and Randall aren't on the same page. And I understand that as a coach, but you have to understand there's consequences with that. There are huge consequences that come with that. And we're seeing it. Yeah. So, so I think it's twofold. I think in the beginning it was, he didn't want to rock the boat, Mm -hmm. but I think now it's a, if I rock the boat, it shows to the front office and to all the fans that they were right in my lack of accountability to Julius Randall and what it would cause in the future. It's the same reasons you see Josh Hart out there in clutch times mm-hmm. because 
even though he's not played to the level that he did last season, like we went and we gave this guy $80 million. Uh-huh. We didn't give quickly $80 million. So right. we cannot go and make ourselves look foolish by putting in the guy that we didn't give 80 million and taking True. out the guy that we did give 80 million. It's Great. all about saving face and perception. Like he, he here's the thing. They listen. They mm-hmm. listen to content creators. They mm-hmm. listen to the fan base. They have people that are in Twitter spaces. They have people that work for the organization and they listen to this stuff. Mm-hmm. So the front office is not going to take an L and Tibbs is not going to take that L and make it to where they fully cater at one time to all the things that all of us have been saying, mm-hmm. because then it makes them look inadequate. Yep, And that's a problem. And so at the end of the day, you know, that that's what we're seeing. They have built something. So, so it's kind of like my townhome. We dropped a ton of money on our townhome downtown mm-hmm. and we had um, the uh, contractors screwed up a lot with our stairs. Mm. They were just off to the point that my youngest son at the time, when we moved in here, tried to walk down the stairs with me and almost fell down the stairs. Mm. And that's when I like I flipped out. I got on a call with them and I was like, you're done with your excuses. You will be here tomorrow or Mm -hmm. I will sue you. Like Mm -hmm. for the fact that my son almost cracked his head open last night because of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. You don't play that kind of stuff. They had excuse after excuse, like, no, no, it looks right. It looks right. And I said, okay, cool. I'm going to hire somebody that you guys don't know. You're going to be there and we're going to measure every single step. Mm -hmm. They came in (laughs) and 95% of our steps had broken the regulations for state law on steps by at least an inch. Wow. And they finally caved because I had all the proof everything like that, multiple companies telling them that they were doing like what they did was illegal. And it was at that point only that they were willing to go, okay, okay, we'll do it. But it took all of that. Like, wow, they saw it, they looked at it, excuse after excuse. That's kind of where the front office is right now. Uh, I want to say one thing to Xavier up here. He said, I think we need to uh, get Josh Giddy. OKC has a ton of power forwards. We should have traded Julius Randle before the All-Star break last season. Well, that wouldn't work because Josh Giddy is a shooting guard. Um, so if they have a log jam yeah. at power forward anyway, um, they're not going to want that power forward. Like you look at a team like OKC, they are one of those teams that actually has the potential to grab a star because right. they have all the assets that you need and all the young, like up and coming players that you would want on your roster. So Mm -hmm. they would not take a Julius Randle because it doesn't fit on their trajectory of like a young team growing. And when they add a star, it's going to be the one that can move the needle to then get them a chip with these young, you know, guys that they got there. So I don't see them moving that at all. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's a positional thing and they're really, they're really strict on, keeping certain guys in certain positions they don't really want especially tips he doesn't like to experiment yeah he doesn't like to experiment it's straightforward it's got to be a point guard shooting guard small forward and he's going to play this position for this amount of minutes and we got to have one backup for this guy and it's got to be it's there's no like let me go with the flow and let's just see how this goes kind of thing let's test this out with you with uh with with coach tips 
He's got to know what he's doing. He doesn't want to waste time. He wants to win every single game. I, I understand it. Cool. But let's be real. Sometimes you got to try new things. You know what I mean? Especially when you're in a league full of teams trying new things and it's working. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I, hopefully one day the light bulb goes off in someone's head, whether it's in the coaching staff or the front office, and something happens because yeah. something is just just it's just been off. Salute, salute to you, Mega. Salute to you. Yeah, you um, know, and, and Tibbs did a good job getting us to where he got us. Mm-hmm. But he's not that guy to get us to that next spot. You know, right. in the offseason, he was talking about how the NBA is different and how, you know, they have to lean into that now, da 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 da, da. But mm-hmm. we haven't seen any of that leaning into the new style of the NBA. Right. Like, we haven't, you know? Like, we, we, we have not done anything different. So to acknowledge, hey, in the offseason, I realized that the NBA is different. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do exactly what I did last year that was outdated. Like, <laughs> what does that even mean? You know, like, <laughs> I, I don't understand. You know, why are you going to confess that you know something and then also show your hand and show that you're playing an old deck of cards. Like, right, right. It makes sense to me. <laughs> it just, it, it's Tibbs. It's literally Tibbs. And that's, if, if, if I went back to the episode when we first signed Tibbs as our head coach for four or five years, my only concern was, will there be any new wrinkles to his offense? That's it. Like, I want to see the new wrinkles. I want to see you trying new things. This is a new league. Supposedly, at that time, he had taken time off and was going to this place and that place and studying this and studying that and reading this about all of the numbers and plus minus and advanced stats. And he was doing all of this. But just goes right back to what makes him comfortable. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, I know what will get me in the door. And once I'm in the door, I'm going to do what I know works. And yeah, maybe it worked at one point, but this is not Chicago and this is not 2009, you know, 2010, 11, you know what I mean? Like you don't have Derrick Rose anymore. Like this is a completely different team, completely different era. You have to play the game a little bit differently. Um, you know, but like I said, there's many things, there's many things this team can do, but you got to start somewhere. There's no way we're just going to make, I, I don't, and I'm going to say it. I don't think this team with everyone together is the team that will go to the next level. We need to make a change at some point. This team just doesn't have it. And and, and that's the thing, man, is like at the beginning of the season, we even were like, are you crazy? Like the rating that Julius Randle got for like where he is in top NBA players Mm -hmm. and even top NBA power forwards we're all like, ah, you know, that, that's a little, you know, a little high up there. Right. But going off these six games, I'm thankful that he was even in the top hundred. Right. You know, like it, it, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so my thing is like, I've seen, you know, coaches who have looked at all star, all NBA players on their team that have played like trash in certain games, and they've been like, yeah, you're coming out. Like our best chance to win is you not being in there. Hmm. We don't see that in our coach. Nope. And that is concerning. Like, cause for me, we can't say that it's not about the player, that it's about the team. Right. And then 
give like kudos and like baby, you know, steps with certain players that we wouldn't do with anybody else. Mm -hmm. Like if Grimes was shooting 25%, he wouldn't be out there, right. you know? So, Even RJ, he'd sit RJ if RJ wasn't playing well. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I don't want to bash Randall, but, or, or, or even tips, but it's not bashing if you can call out when they're doing something bad, but also give praise when they're doing something good. Right. You know, I'm willing mm -hmm. to do that. You know, yeah. there was one game that Julius Randle acknowledged that he was not playing well and had multiple assists and a ton of rebounds. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, maybe he's learned how to actually play that third role. This mm -hmm. is incredible. Right. And then what happens? Four games back to back where it's like, oh, <laughs> sorry. The, the, uh, I had you fooled. Yeah, got me. You know, like, got you. Got you. <laughs> um, so it was one of those things where, you know, it was unfortunate. Um, but I think for our team to really progress, and we have Jalen Brunson for a certain amount of time, mm -hmm. how much time do we want to waste? Right. You know, right. how much time do we want to waste of that contract? Mm -hmm. um, are we going to come to the end of the Jalen Brunson contract and be like, oh, we missed our window. Now we have yeah. to start over again. Mm -hmm. I hope not. Hopefully not, man. I mean, I, I, and that's that's the unfortunate part of what we're dealing with right now is because it's there's a certain we, we can't we can't waste time. You know what I mean? And that's that's what you're worried about is because Jalen Brunson's going to be here for at least another what three four years. You know what I mean? I guess he's what three years. I'd say three. So, yeah. Yeah. So he's here for another three years. Do you really want to waste another whole entire season and then only have two years left and then give him a whole nother season with another guy to try to figure it out? And then he only has one more season under contract. You know what I mean? Like there's time. The clock is ticking. You cannot sit here and just wait for an opportunity that won't come. You know what I mean? Like, you, you want to make the perfect trade? Just take the loss. You know what I mean? We're going to have to take a loss at some point. We're stacking up all these assets. And we're going to end up dropping these assets on the wrong player if we hold them for too long. You know what I mean? Because now we're going to try to make a move like because we're desperate. And before we get desperate, I want us to just start to look back and like, hey, what do we have here? Can this work? Uh, let, let's let's just make a trade. Like you, you got these guys that you have. You know, what are you stockpiling all these assets for? Now I'm not just saying throw everyone away, but let's just be honest. You have a guy like Jalen Brunson who is ascending. He will outgrow his contract if he hasn't already. If you think that other teams aren't going to throw the bag at this guy to play with better players, you got another thing coming. So I think you should get ahead of the ball, try to get some guys in here, um, make a move, get a star that can develop, you know, that chemistry, someone who understands what it takes to be that guy. Now, like I said, if it's Embiid and you got to trade whatever the hell you got to trade to get them, make it happen. Because at this point, you don't want to waste the time. There's not another star that's going to come. Now, is Embiid the first name in the NBA I would like to trade for? Probably not. There's a lot of other guys that I would probably, you know, want, but they're not on the trading block. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just not how it but is. Here's the thing is, I feel like six games in, we've lost the opportunity to get Embiid this season. 
Yeah. Because yep. if you look, it would be a massive log jam in the paint, mm-hmm. adding him and Randall together. Yeah. It yeah. only really works with Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett, and Embiid. Yeah, Embiid, yeah. Yeah. They mm-hmm. don't want Julius Randle now. Like yeah. you, you look at what has happened since you know the James Harden trade. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of old vets on expiring contracts. Mm-hmm. So that says one thing to me. They're gonna push hard and see if these vets can do anything this season. Right. And if not, those expiring contracts they don't have to worry about, and they just go hard with the picks that they have and trading for young players, going Mm. after young players in free agency. And that either means that they're moving on from Embiid and they're going to trade him for something big that's Mm. young to build that new 76ers roster Mm. that they're able to do with these expiring contracts being gone, and now they're starting fresh. Mm. So I think that this year they see if these old guys can contribute at all, them Mm. plus Maxi and Embiid, and if that fails, I think they bank on the future of Maxi, the young guys that they can get, and the picks that they have. Right. And, and trading Embiid for young potential stars for yeah. a team that wants to win now. Which we and don't have. We don't have we don't a have young to offer that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. no. Like, at the end of the day, we don't have a quickly contract. And if so, Philly can be mad smart and make a bid for him for way higher than the Knicks will go. And then there's no trade and they still get him, you know, and we don't match it for that sign in trade. Mm -hmm. So we lost that. We traded Obi Toppin for some peanuts and a vanilla ice CD. And so like, there's that potential, you know, like (laughs) not getting rid of Grimes. Mm -hmm. He's our only real young guy on the roster now. Mm -hmm. They're not going after Mitch, you know, like, so, I don't. I don't see Embiid being a possibility for us anymore after the, the Randall um, start to the season, unless he comes out of nowhere and is all of a sudden shooting eighty percent every single mm-hmm. night. Um, I don't see it happening. I mean, the only way I see Embiid going to New York is if Embiid himself comes out and says, "I want to go to New York." Yeah. Um, trade me to New York. Like that's the only way I really see him at this point getting to New York within a year. That's the only time I, 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 when is he a free agent? Is it next? Is it this summer After or next, next summer? season? I think. All right. So it's next summer. Okay. So it's next summer. So this is, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think this is going to be a one, two, three kind of thing. Any, anyway, it's going to be a long process. Um, he is a former MVP. So there will be other teams that would like a former yeah. MVP. You know what I'm saying? Um, why not? You know, uh, Xavier says Pascal Siakam might be the best option for Randall. We probably have to attach a pick or two. Um, Pascal, Pascal's a good player. The, my only concern with Pascal is he's he's hurt a lot. He misses a lot of games. Um, and this is the thing with 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 the Rockets. I mean, with the Raptors and where mm-hmm. they're trying to go. Mm-hmm. Th- there is no team right now that I believe are looking at the Knicks. And saying, I want what they have. Yeah. Because what they want are the things that we are not wanting to let go of, mm-hmm. such as Jalen Brunson and RJ Barrett. Mm-hmm. And if we do let one of those go, then we're not contenders again. You know? Right. So it's like, 
any trade to me that's going to get us anything is going to involve multiple teams. Right. Like, because we don't have enough assets to win anybody over. So the only way I think we move Julius Randle is, like I said, taking a little bit of a hit on what we thought he was worth last season and trading him to a team who is already in contention that wants to make that second, you know, leap into the right. playoffs. So you look at teams that might need, you know, a fourth option or a third option because their two guys are good, but maybe not good enough to beat Denver or to beat Boston, you know? So a team that would want that extra, you know, power and extra strength and extra rebounds. Um, I don't, I don't even know off the top of my head, like what team um, would really need that right now? Like maybe, you know, if we see, you know, a push from, let's say Atlanta, um, maybe. Atlanta, maybe, um, maybe even, you know, the, the, ooh, maybe the Spurs, you know, if, if they want to get, you know, a little bit stronger because they have already um, overachieved what most people thought that they would do. People mm-hmm. thought it was going to take Wembenyamba, you know, some time to actually get acquainted to being in the league. And yeah. Homeboy just dropped like almost 38 points or something like that on a Durant and Booker team. So, yeah. That narrative of him not being NBA ready. Um, And and so I I would see something like that maybe where they can get rid of some young guys. Um, But I don't really see anybody going after Julius Randle that is in contention. Because if you look at the teams that are in contention, they already have their power forward. Golden Mm -hmm. State, you know, they already have, you know, Green. They're definitely not going to get Julius Randle instead of Green. Um, Denver Nuggets, they're not going to trade Aaron Gordon, who is still crazy athletic and has been contributing to them ever since he got there. And he's better every season with them. Like that's cheaper. Isn't he cheaper than them too? Yeah. And he's cheaper than him. Mm -hmm. Um, the Pelicans, they're not going to do it. Mavericks aren't going to do it. Um, 76ers, like I said, probably not going to do it. So maybe the Hawks, but like, what, what are the Hawks going to be? halfway through the season, you know, like, are they really going to be in contention when rubber meets the road? I don't know. I mean, excuse me. I think that out of any team in the NBA, Atlanta knows Julius more than any other team outside of the Knicks. So they know how to use them. I think they have a lot of tape when they play against, even, even when we played against Atlanta and we beat them, Julius struggled that game because they just know how to guard Julius. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know, man. This is there's not a lot of teams out there that would benefit from everything that Julius brings. I mean, he's not completely useless. I'm not saying that, but um, I think a lot of teams would like Julius Randle if they knew he was open to a separate or a different kind of role. For sure, if he was open to a different kind of role, I I, I wouldn't doubt that. Plenty of teams would love Julius Randle to be uh, on their team as the third or fourth guy. You know what I mean? If they can bring him in and he could understand that. Oh, third or fourth guy? Yeah, for sure. Why yeah. not? Um, but I don't think that's the case, and that's kind of what makes it tough. Uh, but we shall see. We shall see. Um, now, Monday, we are playing the Clippers. Uh, that shall be the first game for James Harden. 
in the garden, of course. Why not? <laughs> um, the for this first half of the season, Jesus, man, it's really not. It hasn't been fun, and it's not going to get any easier. Um, oh, I mean, we do we do play the Hawks, and you know, make sure the Hawks and the uh, uh, Hornets in there, so we can get some some wins. We should get at least two wins in there. But uh, it's we got some tough games. Hopefully, the the Clippers are dealing with some you know chemistry issues. I don't want to say hopefully they're dealing with injury issues. I don't I don't want that kind of bad juju on me. But uh, hopefully they're dealing with some chemistry issues with the addition of James Harden. But when you got a guy like James Harden who claims he is a system, uh, you know, you kind of got a guy who can just seamlessly fit in and get anyone the ball because he's going to play unselfishly. Um, So we shall see. It should be an interesting game. But I also think we can beat them because we just have more depth. They can't play all four of those guys a lot of minutes. Um, Yeah, but they, they they can stagger that now. You know, yeah, now they, they can stagger it. Yeah, they can stagger those minutes. And when you look at it, um, this isn't the first time that Harden has played with these guys, you yeah. know, so it's mm-hmm. not completely new. You know, he's played right. with two of their big three. You know, he's played with George and he's played with, you know, Westbrook, you know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not so worried about like that combination. Mm-hmm. Um like, I, I honestly feel like it gives them a cushion um, against us that one of them can actually fall on their face in that debut game and it still be okay because yeah. the other three can show up. You know, right, even yeah. two of those three actually showing up and having good games are and hard for us. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. So when you got four guys that could any moment – you know, now you don't have to worry about Russell Westbrook taking stupid three-pointers that might not hit because now you have another three-point shooter in Harden, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think it actually goes against us even more than before, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, that's kind of the thing when you got a, a team like that. And that's, that's, that's the, the scary part. Is you know they can stack like you said they can stagger that you can have James Harden with with uh, uh, um, Kawhi and then yep. you can have Russ out there with, with George. Um, of course, there are they, even if they all started, even if they all started together, you can stagger it eight minutes, take two out, and then have them stagger those minutes all game long. And then when they the, you know the crucial parts of the game, the end of the second and the end of the fourth. You got all four of them in the game. And, you know, the, at that point, they've developed a good amount of chemistry and they're not really burnt out because there's so many of them that can just keep offense going all the time. As, even at this point in his career, Russell Westbrook at the point of attack is still one of the best guards in the league, especially if he's getting from a, from a rebound and he's pushing the ball down the court. Mm-hmm. A, lot, a lot of teams just don't have anything for that. Um a lot of teams still can't guard James Harden in the pick and roll. Like, it's, how can you? How can you do it? Um, but you know what James Harden he does need is, is is a a big. He needs a big that can get to the basket and, and you know get get up there, which they don't necessarily have right now. So I figured that, you know that might be the only thing they're gonna struggle with. Um, but you know I'm sure he'll figure it out if he's a system like he says he is. Um, but anyway. We'll see how that game goes. Hopefully, we'll see RJ that game. Um, 
you know, uh, it's it's it'll be concerning if we don't see RJ for a fourth straight game. That would concern me because that means that there's something lingering more than three games worth of an injury, and that's not good. So crossing our fingers, hopefully that we that's that hopefully that we see RJ on Monday because uh, it, it'll say a lot to me if he's not playing. Um, so. Do you have us winning that game on Monday if RJ no. plays? If RJ plays, even if RJ does play, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see it because what what I see happening is what we see happening a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Julius Randle will hear his name in you know the mentions on every mm-hmm. channel about how he underperformed, underdelivered. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. These stars want to come play us. I'm going to prove everybody wrong. You know, like. Seldom have I ever seen him go, okay, I need to be humble and now start, you know, playing more as a team because I got called out. It's right. usually the, I'll prove you wrong. You don't know me, you know, kind of mentality that, that comes out in situations like this. Um, RJ will be a little bit rusty, you know, yeah. like he hasn't played in a few games. He's going to need to find that flow and that rhythm again. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like, I don't think that, um, how do I put it? I don't think that I completely trust this front office when it comes to the medical staff um, hmm. And, hmm. and being able to want to see RJ Barrett come in and play 30 minutes, you know, in his first game back. Yeah. Um, so I think if he comes back, my hope would be, okay, he's been gone for this many days. Like let's give him 20 minutes, you know, and, mm-hmm. and in that 20 minutes, if he's hurting, we don't push it, you know? Um, and so with an RJ coming back, even if he was playing well and only playing 20 minutes, I don't see that being enough. Like it right. would have to seriously be like a cluster situation where these four players just have an explosion of ugliness in their first game together for All us right. to really gain a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. I agree. Uh, that team just has too much power, too much star power. Um, with Paul George and Kawhi alone, that's that's enough to to be what we have. You know what I mean? And if we're really being honest, uh, then you add James Harden and Westbrook to the equation. It just doesn't it doesn't look like a team that we should. And, and this is why I know we're not close because a team like that with you know, not the depth that you really want and aging and having the the, the uh, injuries that they had. They shouldn't really scare you if you're a contending team. Yeah. I don't think the Bucks are scared of them. I don't think the Warriors are really scared of them. I don't think the, the Celtics are really scared of them because I'm sure they've played with them enough, played against them enough to know there's certain things about each of them that they can take advantage of. But we're not there yet. We're not at that point. We We, we haven't reached that. We haven't eclipsed that, uh, you know, that part of our development in our roster to say that, yeah, we could beat this team. Um, so it will be a tough game. Um, like I said, last game, I mean, last show, I don't think we're beating the Bucks because the only way we beat the Bucks is if we blow them out. Because if this is a close game, Dame is not going to let us let us beat them. This is not going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. Because you don't give Dame a close game with him basically not having his foot on the gas the whole game. He's really, he really just chilled 
first th- first three quarters and in the fourth quarter he has 12 points yeah. um it ends up with 30. so you know i you know that's that's the, the you just don't have enough for those kind of teams and that's really the point um, you, you gotta look at it like one thing that we always say is like okay we fare against certain teams because we have depth mm-hmm. well so do they like yeah. you, you you add freaking james harden as your shooting guard mm-hmm. and now you have someone who's been playing well in terrence Mann coming off the bench as your shooting guard who yeah. can be a starting shooting guard for many teams in the nba and yep. now he's coming off as you know a sixth man so you add power there you look at their centers okay maybe not as strong but mason Plumley, what he has over mitchell robinson is that he scores we mm-hmm. don't have a scoring center, like yeah. unless it's a putback. And so every additional score that a team has puts us at a disadvantage. And yeah. so you look, they even have freaking, they still have guys like, which is crazy that they were able to pull this deal. They still have Norman Powell. They still have freaking mm-hmm. PJ Tucker. They got Zubak, you know, so they have players that can contribute through and through. They have players off their bench that could be starting on other teams. So now you have these four stars plus all these other guys who could start in the NBA on other rosters. That's crazy. So you mean to tell me that after the game Julius Randle just now had, he's got to see P.J. Tucker on Monday? Yep. Yep. And it continues. It will... It's insane. It's absolutely insane to think Mm. about like what could come off the bench. Usually our bench is something that we, you know, hold on to, but I think they have a good bench as well. So. And also, you know, you you brought up Mason Plumlee. I wanted to mention that like they they do kind of have that high flyer. He can get a pick and roll with Harden. Mm -hmm. Just, just, you will see, there will be plenty of pick and rolls with Harden and Mason Plumlee. Because Mason yeah. Plumlee still can get up there. He still can set you a, a solid screen and and cut down to the basket and catch you a nice little alley-oop. He's going to be right back into that offense because that's what James Harden needs to be effective. So, so the, the, the teams that are going to be able to contend against this Clippers roster, mm-hmm. unless, like I said, something crazy happens and it's like a Brooklyn Nets fiasco all over mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. But the teams that are going to be able to contend if this works – are going to be great defensive-minded teams right? because they're going to limit their scoring capabilities. Mm-hmm. That is not us. Nope. Like, that is not us because where we, you know, can, can be a little better defensively is with Mitch in the paint. But now you have four guys that don't need to go into the paint. Mm-hmm. Like, they can, and they can kill you there, but you got Kawhi with an incredible back-to-the-wall fadeaway jumper. You yeah. got Paul George, who's one of the best when it comes to the midi. You yeah. got James Harden, who even in his old age can pull a step back and, you know, make you look nasty. Yeah. You got Russell Westbrook, who will, you know, make some poor shots, but a majority of the time you're trying to stop these other guys from getting their shot from the outside that it's going to open up opportunities for Russell Westbrook to yeah. either drive and score or drive and dish because yep. he is a true point guard who can score, but also see the court that there's, a, you know, not many people that can do both in, in, in that capability, you know, as Russell Westbrook can. 
and he still has that court vision where he can find you when you think you've guarded everybody, you know, and right. now you're paying because someone's open at the three point line. So I, I just think they have way too much actual scoring power and we don't have enough good defense, especially right. at the perimeter to stop that. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough game. Um, we already struggle, as as we all know, with guarding the three point line. I don't know how long that's going to be a running theme for us, but um, it'll be here for as long as <laughs> as long as certain players are part of the roster, and as long as there's just certain defensive scheme that allows it to happen consistently. Um, but yeah, we don't guard the three. Every team knows that. That's a team that has a bunch of guys that can shoot threes outside of Westbrook. I mean, all three of the other stars can shoot. Yep. Um, James Harden, of course, we know he can hit three. Even Kawhi can hit three. We know Paul George can hit the three. Um, they still got um, Norman Powell over there who will knock down. Like, there is depth on that team that we don't necessarily – you know, you still got P.J. Tucker, like you mentioned. You still got Trey Mann. That is a very solid team. The only thing that will hold them back outside of health, of course, is chemistry. Yep. So if they have the chemistry, if they have the health, I mean, hell, that team can go far with two of their four stars. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you got the right set of the, if you got Paul George and, and, and James Harden and Russell Westbrook and Kawhi Hurt, that team can still get you to a Western Conference Finals with the right, you know, the right help. So yeah. it's a, that's a dangerous squad, man. It's a dangerous it's, squad. It's, it's kind of like a cheat code, you know, yeah. because the, the 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 problem that they were facing was they had two stars and those two stars couldn't be healthy. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you at Russell Westbrook. Okay, if one of your stars is out, you still have two stars now. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Now James Harden comes. You can have two of four stars not be healthy for a certain amount of games and still be able to be contending with the teams that you're playing in that stretch. Mm -hmm. And so there's a huge difference between, you know, what we saw in Brooklyn and what we are seeing here, because in Brooklyn, it was three players that all wanted out to create a super team Mm -hmm. that hadn't really played together. There was no actual chemistry. It was just, Hey, we know each other. It would be cool to like all play together and be, you know, the 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 next big thing in New York. It didn't right. work out. However, Paul George and Kawhi have been playing with each other for a long time now. They've played mm-hmm. for a few seasons together. Okay, yeah. Russell Westbrook has played with freaking uh, Paul George before Paul George. this, mm-hmm. and end of last season found that chemistry with Paul George and Kawhi. James Harden comes in and he's had years playing with Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. So in that four, multiple scenarios have all played together. Mm -hmm. So in some way, shape or form, it's not a first dance kind of situation. It's a, okay, let's figure out the tempo of the dance because we haven't all been here together, but multiples of us have been here together. And now we just got to find the tempo of the song and then we'll be able to dance. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's not much you can do with a a roster like that if you're going into a game, you know, expecting to dominate them. Like, you don't, if they're all hitting, like, you don't have a chance. You just don't have a chance. Um, 
point against that team. Yeah, it's, it's you don't have a chance. Um, and that's not just us. I'm talking about the rest of the league as well. Yeah. Um, it's just going to be hard to guard that team. Um, from front to back, from the starting lineup to the, the bench squad. But uh, Phil, tell the people where they can find you, man. Especially if you also if you guys are still here in the chat, just do us a favor and hit us with a like. Um, <clears throat> Phil. Go ahead and tell the people where they can find you, my brother. Yeah, yeah. So before I get off, if anyone's in the chat or if you're watching this later, like, I don't say this lightly. Um, I think Apollo is one of the best to be doing this right now. Um, the natural flow of his conversations and his willingness to kind of see both sides of the conversation where it's not a, oh, you disagree, let's fight about it on the air. Um, but it's more so, let's hear your thoughts, let's chop it up. And that's something that we value. You know, we value people that we can just chop it up with and have coffee, you know, style conversations with, like we're chilling at a coffee shop or at a barber shop. And right. that's exactly how it was when me and Apollo connected a few weeks ago in North Carolina as well. So what you see is what you really get from this guy. So please subscribe if you haven't yet. Hit that like button. Hit this dude with, you know, it might not be monetized yet, but you could freaking hit him up on Venmo with that super chat. Um, and pour into what this guy is doing because I love his content and I'm a huge supporter of what he's doing. Um, I got to be up crazy early for work, uh, a shoot that I'm doing and I didn't even care, like opportunity to kick it with my guy. I'm going to let it go. So, um, yeah. So if you don't know who we are, we are the Knicks morning brew part of the morning brew sports, youtube.com forward slash at morning brew sports. We do Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, the Knicks morning brew. Um, and, you know, on, on Wednesdays, it's me, Hector, Jigga, and Jerry Ferrara. And then on the other, you know, days, it's Hector, uh, Jigga Man, and I. And then on Fridays, we try to promote content creators with our content creator Fridays and open panel conversations. So hit the like button, check us out, hit the subscribe button to see what we're doing. Um, we got some really cool guests coming up. We just had John Starks last week, which was like fangirl situation for me since that's my <laughs> of all time. Tried not to like pee my pants during the episode. It was crazy. Um, but on Twitter, it's Phil All Caps because if you watch the show, you'll see my main addiction is not alcohol. It's not smoking. It's not anything else except a collection of New York Knicks hats. So that's why it's Phil All Caps. And yeah, follow me on Twitter that monstrosity and ugly animal that is Nick's Twitter. Yes. Um, but I appreciate you. We need Apollo to call off work on a Friday so that he can be on the next morning brew. So if you're in the chat, leave a comment that says you are sick. And so out one day this week. Listen, man, I will definitely make it happen. Um, I definitely got to get on there with you guys. I uh, appreciate you for the love, man. I definitely Loved kick, kicking it with you, man. We, you know, we got so much in common. You never know who you're gonna meet uh, in these in these uh, communities, uh, and it's so dope that you know. I, I my life has changed since st starting to do this, and and really, you know, I've met some really really good people. You know, from all different spectrums. Um, but Phil is one of those guys. He's one of one man. Um, he's such a genuine dude, and um, I've been on his show uh, a, a couple times, and he's been on our show. This is probably a second, third time being on the show. Um, and it's, this is always what it's be. It's love, man. I really appreciate you. And as you know, King, he's, uh, <laughs> he, 
he's gonna drop you some shit in the chat. He's a, <laughs> he, he really does this to me all the time. You Apollo really ain't. <laughs> you ain't shit neither, man. I love it. I love the fact that it's. 12 30 in the morning and he's here watching you and saying you ain't nothing <laughs> yes 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 my man that's like love that girl that's liking all your yes. pictures it's like you ain't cute like, get my girl. Why you that's my man listen like i said if you don't know that's my boy dante i've actually known him since high school he's like one of my close friends man i've known him for over 15 years man almost 20 years it's been a minute um but yeah i, I do look young but it's been a long time since i've been in high school but uh as well as as well as you man now you told me i was like hell no there's no way man this, 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 this is crazy but you know, that baby face as much as possible yeah, that's right that's right that's right uh <laughs> but yeah man thank you but as long as i keep the face good we good <laughs> that's it yeah right that's all that matters you gotta you gotta make sure that that's the the, the part that they see man you guys part that they see and of course always love so, so always show support love man that's my that's my guy right there love you too bro love you too but thank you guys for tuning into another episode like an hour and 48 minutes we've been out here man thank you guys for being on here with, with us this long phil thank you for coming through showing some love man um shout out to the next morning brew if you guys have any time go over there drop them a like subscribe bring the bell so you're notified when they go live um and just show some love man they got some great great stuff over there they got some you know a good people coming in that the, the show with starks on there was so dope that was so dope like like i said i gotta i we gotta figure out something where i can get off on a, a, a friday early and do that. Say before we go mm -hmm. so y'all can keep us accountable apollo and i will be putting out some music together very yes. very soon so yes. we both had a long conversation about sleeping on our talents and not letting that happen we shared a bunch of like old tracks or tracks that are just collecting dust mm -hmm. and we pushed each other to say we need to make something happen so yeah. you will be seeing a few songs from apollo and i throughout this season yes absolutely and it's crazy because i mentioned uh now you mentioned um king he just texted me earlier today telling me he was like he said he's a, a confession i still play one of your old songs that you dropped like a long long time ago that's how i said that's my boy man it's so lovely he's got one song that I made him send me because I wanted to be on the third verse because I liked it so much. And then he sent me the track yesterday and we realized that he already had three verses on the track. So <laughs> I had to cry myself to sleep last night. Uh, but if he doesn't put it out within the next month, I'm putting it on the air right now. I will put it on my SoundCloud <laughs> so that it's out there and you have no excuse. Because that's I got you. it's too fire to not be out there. I got you, man. I got you. I got to stop sleeping. I got to stop sleeping. I got a lot of stuff sitting here and, you know, all I do is just work on stuff, man. But I, I really got to just, you know, I got to just do that, man. Shout out to you, Mega. He said, thanks for the stream. Apollo with special guest Phil from Morning Brew Sports Network. Thank all of y'all for coming through. World Music, yes. Yes. If you didn't know, now you know. Yeah. Phil got bars. Phil got bars, man. Phil definitely got bars, man. And I don't, I don't say that. I don't, I ain't going to just jump on the track with anybody. And Dante, you know that. <laughs> you know that. Phil got bars, man. And I'm looking forward to, you know, creating some 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 dope music with him uh going forward. But thank you guys once again for tuning into the Gardenix podcast. Unfortunately, we lost the first game of the in-season tournament. But uh, you know, there'll be many. 
hopefully whenever we get on our court with you know our specialized court with our specialized jerseys it'll be a little bit different and you know it'll be a nice little occasion for us to have you know a, a nice nice dub to talk about but until next time you guys have a good one take care have a good weekend get some rest because monday we're right back at it until next time like i said you have a good one peace